morning. Our two passages today both have to do with healing. And so our theme question is, what needs healing? What needs healing? All right, so first, 2 Kings chapter 5, we find the story of Naaman. And here is how that story begins. It says, now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded. Because through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. So Naaman is this powerful guy. He's like super powerful. And he hears that there's a guy, a prophet in this tiny neighboring country that can heal him. And so what do you do when you're a powerful person? You grab all kinds of piles of gold and gifts and an entourage of people, and you go to that little tiny kingdom and go over there to make the transaction. You heal me of leprosy, and I will give you piles of gold. Our second passage is in Mark chapter 1, verse 40, where a man approaches Jesus. <clears throat> and here's how it begins. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Now this guy has no power. He has nothing to trade in his transaction with Jesus. All he has is asking Jesus, uh, if, Do you have the will to do this for me? Two men, both have leprosy, that's a problem. And both are seeking healing. And the question is, what needs to be healed? This morning, I want to talk about three aspects of healing. First, physical healing. Second, social healing. And finally, spiritual healing. Well, first, maybe quite obviously, their skin disease required physical healing. I mean, this is a disease in their skin, and, and it's not right. Their bodies are not working properly, and it's also potentially contagious, so people might be afraid to catch it from them. So they need physical healing. I don't think we need to say much more about that. So moving on to point two. Second, they need social healing. And again, because of their skin disease, they have been socially isolated so that no one else will catch this terrible disease. Now, Naaman in that story, he was probably early onset with his skin disease. So he had not yet left his family, moved out of his house. He had not yet begun saying, unclean, unclean, wherever he went, whenever somebody approached him. He hadn't yet entered into that. But the other guy that approached Jesus, we assume that he has been years in social isolation. I mean, it was incredibly brave and bold to even approach Jesus because of the social rules against that in leprosy. And so the question for this guy is how is he going to get social healing? He needs a whole bunch of social healing. I mean, he needs this healing because all the hurts over the years that whenever he walks down the street, people veer way around him, and it stings. Or maybe he's 
sitting outside, and he can hear people talking behind him, saying, oh, what's wrong with that guy? What did he do wrong to deserve this? Ugh. And the sting of that pain of social isolation, people looking down on him. And the question is, how will social healing come? How will those relationships be repaired? When will his friends welcome him back into their home? When will his family give him a hug? This man needs social healing. I was talking to a friend this week about the pain of social hurt that he had experienced. And he compared it to a stress fracture in a bone. You know how when you get a stress fracture in a bone, it's fine. I mean, it hurts, but you can walk on it. You can live with it. It's not like a broken bone all the way through that you have to, must absolutely go get it fixed. It's this hairline fracture in a bone that just won't heal. Compared that to this social pain that he had felt. Because, you know how these things work, he heard through the grapevine that his friends were passing judgment on him for how he's handling COVID. Now, you might choose your end of this story. You could choose they were passing judgment that he was being too cautious, staying at home and not going out. Or you may choose the other alternative. He was being too cavalier, and they were passing judgment on, you shouldn't be doing that. Either choice is fine in this illustration of the social pain that is happening. And for this person who said, it's like a stress fracture in my relationship with my friends. I thought these were my friends, and here they're talking about me behind my back, and it hurts. And the question is, how will that social pain, that fracture in the relationship, get healed? What will it take to heal that? Whew. Actually, I also saw a funny shirt. Uh, I didn't buy it, but I should have. It says, I'm not mean, I'm just honest. And, uh, oh, that's a terrible shirt to wear. Because in this social pain that you are creating, you're just like bulldozing through life, breaking bones with your words, and saying, oh, I'm just being honest. Oh, there's too much broken social stuff in our world right now that needs healing. Well, our lepers, of course, they need physical healing. And of course, they need social healing to be brought back into society and welcomed in. But also third, they need spiritual healing. Naaman, he went, of course, and came to the prophet Elisha and was like, okay, I'm here. Heal me. I'm ready for this transaction to happen. And Elisha doesn't even come out to him. Elisha just sends a messenger, just go dip seven times in the Jordan River and you'll be clean. And Naaman was like, that is ridiculous, that is disgusting, no way would I do that. And in the process of that story, Naaman comes to a place of humility. 
where he humbles himself to do this thing that's asked of him. And in that process, he encounters God. In that process, he receives something from God that he was not expecting. He comes out of the water healed physically, but he also comes out of the water healed spiritually. Healed spiritually so that now he says, hey, can I get two donkey loads of dirt to take back with me so that I can worship God and pray to God from this soil. That's the transformation that happened for Naaman. What about the other guy who approached Jesus? Let's dig in a little bit more to what healing he received. So reading the whole story, Mark 1, 40 through 45, as you listen to this being read, you can wonder why commentary Lightfoot, Mr. Lightfoot, said this story has more emotional tone than any other in the four Gospels. So listen for the emotional tone. So Mark chapter 1, verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded you for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, instead, he went and began to talk freely, spreading the news. And as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. There's some seriously emotionally charged language in this story. I mean, Jesus was indignant? What is that? And maybe you're reading along in your Bible, and it's a different English translation, and it says, Jesus had compassion. And you wonder, what? What is going on? Is he indignant with anger, or is he having compassion? Well, you see, this is interesting, and this is because way back, you know, these manuscripts of the Bible were hand-copied over and over in Greek, and there seems to be a change that was made. There's one ancient manuscript that has this word for anger. Jesus was indignant. But then there's a couple other old ma ancient manuscripts that the word has changed, softened, to Jesus had compassion or pity. And we, the people wonder and speculate if anger was the original and then it was softened by the scribes because how could Jesus be angry? You know, it doesn't fit. Jesus is indignant, but then he reaches out and touches the man and heals him. What's going on? And it seems Jesus is not angry at the man. He's not upset with him. He didn't do something that provoked Jesus' anger. 
Jesus does have compassion on him and acts by healing him. But Jesus does have anger at leprosy, at this disease and this social brokenness that it causes, the hurt and the pain that is the result. I mean, here's Jesus, the author and creator of life, and disease has broken it. Sin and Satan have messed it up, and Jesus is angry at that. So I think it's fair to say Jesus had compassion on the man, and Jesus was indignant about this leprosy and the pain and the brokenness. Well, the emotional language continues when it says Jesus sent him away, using a word that Jesus also used to cast out demons. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. And again, we're drawn into this, Jesus, what is going on? This strong warning, what are you feeling? What's going on? Did you have a bad experience over here and you're just bringing it in? Oh, well, in this strong warning, there is my favorite Greek word. You've heard it before. Embry maumai. Embry maumai. Which literally means horse snort. You remember this? Horse snort. We actually came across this word when Jesus um, went to his best friend who had died, Lazarus. And he was outside Lazarus' tomb. And there's just this sadness that comes over Jesus. And it uses the word embry maumai, horse snort, to express what Jesus did. That Jesus went, <sighs> to express all the guttural inner pain of losing his friend and death. So that's the same word used here to describe Jesus' emotions. So what is this horse snort about? Well, I wonder if Jesus knows that the physical healing started something, but it wasn't complete. Because you notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, okay, hey, go to the priests and get their, like, sign off on you being clean. And go make the necessary sacrifices to God. This is the social healing needed. It had nothing to do with a miracle. The social healing was to do the thing in the system of go see the priest. Their job was to look at you and to examine you. And then they declare you clean. And now when you're clean... You can go back into life. You can be regular and normal again. And second, Jesus says, go get some spiritual healing. Go offer the necessary sacrifices. Those sacrifices are an act of saying, thank you, God. An act of giving God credit, of acknowledging God in this miraculous event. So Jesus gives the man the next steps for social healing, for spiritual healing. And it was up to the man to go do those things. But he does not. The story says, and it's so hard to even get past the word instead. Instead? Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. What? You were just healed of this disease 
you are healed and now freed from the possible social isolation of your life, and you don't listen to and obey the instructions that you're given, you know better than Jesus? You know better than the guy who just healed you? The impossible thing done? I think this is worthy of a horse snort. Remember with Naaman? Naaman's healing came after he followed the instruction. The instruction was given, go dip seven times. And it was something he did not want to do. But in the process of that, he came to the place where he humbled himself. And in that process, he encountered God and received spiritual healing. That also led to physical healing and social restoration. But he is asked to do that first. This man, Jesus physically heals him first and then gives him the next steps of instruction, what to do. Jesus sees there's so much more available to this man. So it makes you wonder what causes that horse snort in Jesus. Did Jesus know already this guy is not going to do this? Did he know that? And did Jesus feel automatically cheated? That this guy just took something, physical healing from him, and ran. You know, it's like, the guy's like, oh, Jesus, give me this physical healing. And then Jesus is like, all right, hey, this is great. You are restored. And he's like, oh, yeah, great, thanks, Jesus, see you later. I don't need you anymore. And Jesus is like, wait, don't you want more? Nope, got what I needed. I, I was uncomfortable in life. Now this is going to make it a lot easier for me in life. I mean, you can flip that and say, in our world where we just come to Jesus, like, okay, I like Jesus' teachings because that's going to lead to a better life. You know, I don't really need Jesus. I just need to follow the teachings. Or you can say, oh, Jesus, I just want to love you. I mean, I don't want to actually bother with the obeying you following your ways and all those commands, but I just want to love you. And Jesus is feeling cheated. Or maybe Jesus is feeling used. Here, Jesus brings the man to the, the gates of the kingdom of heaven, opens them wide and says, come on in, be one of us, be adopted into this kingdom of God. And the man's like, nope, wasn't coming here for that, Thanks. Worthy of a horse snort. And the story finishes. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Because this man blatantly disobeys Jesus' instructions, it messes up Jesus' ministry. The man thinks he knows better than Jesus. He makes it his mission to spread the news. Hey, everybody, look, I got healed. But they had nothing to do with social healing or spiritual healing. It was limited. And so now all kinds of people are coming to Jesus. Hey, you healed that guy for free. Heal me. And there's no social, spiritual restoration happening. 
course not. How about all of us this morning? What needs healing? I think if Jesus has taught us anything in this story, it's to flip the order of these things around and to begin with some spiritual healing. Because when you're spiritually healed first, then the progression changes. If you think about Jesus teaching us the Lord's Prayer, this this spiritual healing of our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Spiritual healing that we are brought into alignment with our creator. And then we can move into social healing. Give us our daily bread and forgive us as we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation. Do the social healing, God. Yes, we receive the forgiveness from you. And then we spread that forgiveness out. We gladly give that forgiveness to others to heal and restore and to fix. And then when all that, the spiritual healing and the social healing is happening, then we can get to the physical healing. Because we all know that Naaman and this unknown leprosy guy, later they died. Our physical health, if you're feeling good today, it is a gift from God. And if you are not feeling well and you are hurting tomorrow, that's just part of life and reality. We are all progressing to this place of the end. So we're not fighting that. We're embracing it, and we're embracing it while we live here now, and we finish the Lord's Prayer by saying, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever in my life. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for healing and offering it. And I pray that you would open us up to want your healing, to come to you, to be humble, and to receive. And in all of that, God, I pray that we would then be given your grace to give it out to others and bring your healing here. Pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.